Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 41 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Basically, our Christmas special is we are just five days away from the good old St. Mary, Jerry, Jolie holiday, whatever you want to say about it. Christmas is coming on the 25th. It is the 20th. As you are listening, I am Jordan Lorenz, joined by the one and only Drew Skyberg, back home, fresh out of UW-Milwaukee. How's it going? Going great. I got to go back Wednesday for one more final, but yep. yeah, for now, I, I'm stationed at home. The home studio is back. Got the dual monitor set up now, and it, it's a lot of excitement. I mean, it's very exciting, and I'm looking forward to being home, you know, sweatshirt delivery. January 2nd, as we say, that'll be fun. A full day affair, and yeah, it'll be fun. I just delivered two in the past weekend, and that was nice. And then I got one more. All I got is one more to get out, and then we'll figure out if I can help you with anything else, or we'll get them all. We will we'll get them all. I got Elise coming with me. She was on the podcast, as we know, a few weeks ago. Yes. The Milwaukee, or the you know, Milwaukee season report. And, yeah, she only helped me deliver that day, so that'll be a lot of fun. So, Speaking of, let's talk about it. Coming up, just about a week away, December 29th, we are going to the Quick Trip Holiday Face-Off. At the Pfizer Forum, this is going to be huge. Four hockey games over two days. Wisconsin is going to be there. We know on Tuesday, not going on Tuesday, on Tuesday, Wisconsin is playing Yale in a game. And then that game is at 7.30 Tuesday night. At 4 o'clock on Tuesday, Bowling Green is playing Providence. So those are two matchups on Tuesday. The winners will face off at 7.30 on Wednesday night in the championship game. And then at 4 o'clock, the first game will be the two losers of that game. So if Wisconsin loses to Yale, which I'm going to be honest, they probably will. When Wisconsin loses to Yale, they'll play either Bowling Green or Providence at 4 o'clock, and then the winners play at 7.30. You guys have got to get your tickets to this KT Rewards. Use that coupon code. You get 50% off your ticket. We've got some absolutely beautiful center ice tickets. They were literally like 30 bucks. You get to go to two games. Drew, this is hype. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a fun Wednesday night in Milwaukee, and we can watch some college hockey, so it doesn't get any better than that. And even at the Pfizer Forum, it seems yes. like, Jordan, little, my my first impression was they're trying to attract maybe like an, a potential NHL expansion team to Milwaukee by doing well, an event like this. I mean, if when you have the Pfizer Forum and you're showing you can host hockey. Well, the Arizona Coyotes, their lease is up after this year. So I know a lot of people have been trying to say we should get him over here to Milwaukee. So who knows? I mean, it could be interesting if that happens, but I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work to see if they can make it work. Obviously, then you got to schedule the Bucks games differently and all that. And you got to have the ice that stays there. Marquette. Marquette as well. I don't know if Marquette would get booted. I'm sure they wouldn't, but that'd be a lot of scheduling conflicts. Oh, absolutely. That would be big time. The Badgers, though, they're 5-12-1 on the year so they're not doing the best however they have their highlight win of the year back on november 5th they beat minnesota in overtime minnesota the number five ranked team they beat them four three so that's their big win of the year but other than that they've been struggling this year and you know they even lost an exhibition game to the u.s under 18 team so i mean i understand it's an exhibition but still that is that's not a good loss to have they last played on the 11th and then they've been off until the 28th when they play Yale. So that is a long rest for them. Obviously good. You know, you're skating up and down center ice the whole time, but it's going to be interesting to say the least, but we'll get to see the Badgers nonetheless. And then a championship game. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, two games for the price of one, basically. So 
that's how we got there, guys. We have a Twitter. Don't forget, we now have a Twitter account, and it is firing on all cylinders. We're, we're tweeting a lot on there. I mean, there's a bunch of different stuff we're trying to do. I tweeted, live tweeted during the Packer game last week. I don't think I'm going to hear during the Ravens game, but at JD Sports Pod on Twitter, that is it. We're just, and we're talking to people, you know, we're liking tweets, we're retweeting a lot of stats of the week going on there. And that's very important for this week because we only have one. So we'll talk about that when we get there. However, it's just, I, I'm so glad we're finally on Twitter. Yeah, I am too. It, t- it took a little bit, you know, but we finally decided it's time for Twitter and Jordan Lorenz, shout out to him for making an excellent banner for our Twitter, Ooh, the yes. YouTube one too. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Twitter's been great so far. We've been able to, you know, tweet about like events that Jordan and I are doing, like when he's announcing and if I'm at some sporting event, it's been a lot of fun. So just keep a lookout for all those good things that will be, that will be on the Twitter. And I'm trying to like, not tag, I guess, but like at the end of the tweets I'm tweeting, I like put my name after it. So people know who's saying it and stuff, or I'm just trying to do that spice it up a little bit, but yeah, it's a lot of fun on Twitter. Jordan drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram and Jordan drew the sports crew on Facebook and on YouTube. So there's all the plugs, guys. We've got a humongous shout-out this week. It is going, of course, to Badgers Volleyball. The Wisconsin Badgers, for the first time ever, are national champions. A 31-3 and record on the year. They lost to Purdue twice in the regular season. But other than that, I mean, this team was red hot. They started out with just a bunch of sweeps left and right including sweeps over Marquette and Green Bay. They've ended up losing to Maryland in five sets, which was just a little setback, but it didn't matter because at the end of the day, ran through the Big Ten, and then they got to the tournament, swept Colgate, Florida Gulf Coast, UCLA, and Minnesota. UCLA and Minnesota, both top 15 ranked teams. Then they stunned undefeated Louisville, beating them in five sets, and then the championship on Saturday night. My goodness, They lost the first set, won the next two. Nebraska came back and won the fourth. Badgers were up 6-0 in the fifth set at one point. You only played a 15, but then Nebraska was back in it, and finally the Badgers were able to put the Cornhuskers away, winning the national championship in five sets. It was crazy because they thought they won at one point in the fifth set, but the ball was actually tipped. Nebraska challenged it. It was a very deflating way to what we thought was going to be the end. But thankfully, the Badgers ended up getting the job done. National champs for the first time ever. Drew, this is special. It really is. And having Dana Retke as your top player, five-year senior, five-time All-American, and winning National Player of the Year, her fifth year, this has to be one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of Wisconsin, regardless, like, out of all sports. Like, come on. And this, this is one of the greatest ways to cap it off. And it was just great for that team. I was watching too, Jordan, watching them celebrate that 15th point in that fifth set was, was great oh, yeah. to see and it was well-deserved. And I, it was good. They were able to end it on a kill instead of, you know, how it ended before, even though I, even though it was a tough challenge, but um, yeah, the 15th, 15th point was big and Wisconsin gets their first national championship. 409 kills on the year for Dana. The next closest Julia Orzo with 309. She had a hundred more kills then the person in second behind her, Grace Loberg with 305 as well. You want to talk about the glue that puts this team together. Sydney Hilly, 1,458 assists on the year. That's how you do it. 
right there. This Badger team was just unreal. Saturday night was absolutely loaded. There was UFC on at 6 o'clock. I watched that. Wonderboy said they lost in the co-main. The Black Beast got the job done in the main event. First round knockout. We love Derek Lewis. So great to see him back. That guy's hilarious. You need to check out his post-fight interview. Then after that, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, too. Yikes, we don't even want to talk about what happened there. Frank Gore and Darren Williams, Drew, you know those two, right? Football player, basketball player. They They were boxing in the undercard, a four-round exhibition. That was wild. I mean, those are the fights I love the most because when it belongs, so that's what I call a circus fight, right? It's two guys who don't belong in there, don't deserve to be anywhere near the sport. A circus fight with a circus main event of some stupid YouTuber who just gets all the attention on himself. So I think it belonged on that card perfectly, and they were... They were pushing and shoving each other. Frank Gore was trying to take them down. It was it was a wild, wild fight, but it was super enjoyable. Also Saturday night, the Colts-Patriots were on. Colts stunned the Patriots and their winning streak. Badgers volleyball was on. It was a wild, Bucks. wild Saturday night. Bucks were on as well. They lost in overtime, right? No, they lost by 20, 29 to the... Oh, then it was some other were, night. It was a crapper to the... Um, yeah, it was 29 to the Cavs, which we'll talk about. Oh, there's there's okay. some problems going on. There were definitely some problems going on, but Saturday night was absolutely loaded and capped it all off with the Badgers volleyball win. So great to see. And unless you've got anything else to say, we've got a very interesting stat of the week. Let's go to the stats of the week. Stat. So, yes, it is a stats of the week. It is just one this week. So this is interesting, right? We are going with just one stat because I thought this man, he deserves the whole spotlight to himself. Western Kentucky, their quarterback is just unreal. 5,967 passing yards and 62 touchdowns on the year for Bailey Zape. I mean, Zape Zappi, I don't, I don't quite know how to pronounce his last name. I probably should have figured that out. But still, at the end of the day, these are video game-like numbers. He had 13 more passing touchdowns than Bryce Young, who won the Heisman. 13 more to end the regular season. He broke Joe Burrow's passing touchdown record of 60. This guy comes out and gets 62 with this wild bowl game performance. It was, I mean, I've never seen anything like this guy so far in the season. And I'm going to play the call of his last touchdown pass because this is probably the most disappointing call to break a record I've ever heard. So hopefully we can all hear this and just take a listen. I was so disappointed when I heard this. Wow, that was it from about Bailey Zappi. That's it. That's it. And listen to this. It's just dead air. I think Jordan Lawrence is going to have to teach them a lesson about how to kind of you know, celebrate a big time call. I don't understand. You 61. That was the record breaker. He went on to get another one, but I just don't get that at all. That was very, very bad. I was completely like, underwhelmed when I heard that. Yeah. BA's call for Curry breaking a three point record. Oh, I think that was, that was, that was some good stuff. I think that that's was kind great. Of we got to look at from an announcing standpoint in order, you know, for, I don't know that announcer's name, but. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't Bailey, know who that one was either. You, but. you would think a bigger, a bigger and more exciting call, but oh, obviously, well. yeah, obviously he knew coming into the game he was told that that was going to be the record if he ended up getting there. But I mean, to just 
like I said, he gave him nothing. Like there was really nothing at all in that call that added to the excitement. He knew that the record was there. He knew it could happen. But let's listen to BA's call for the three-pointer. This is great. Wait, I'll rewind it. Milwaukee's lucky to have him. So great. We love VA, even though he's taking a little of a backseat. We got to put more clips on this show. These are great. I love this. So, yeah, anyways, let's just talk about this guy, what he did this year. I mean, their team, they were in the Boca Raton Bowl, which is whatever. You know, it's a throwaway bowl game. But this is one of those where the kid's playing because he wants to go for it. So, on the year, 62 to 11. 62 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Started the year, 424 passing yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, 435 yards, three and one, 365, three nothing, 488, three nothing, 523 yards in a 52 46 loss, five touchdowns, one interception, 397 with five and one, 382, three and zero, 393 with four and two, 281. A little disappointing here as they won 48 21, just 281 yards with four touchdowns. Then he counters 482 yards, five and one again, 470 yards, six and two, 328 for nothing. Then in the conference USA championship, they lost 49, 41, but this man threw for 577 yards with four touchdowns and two interceptions and then finishes in the bowl game of 59, 38 win, 422 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. This man deserves all the praise for the stat of the week. Drew, like I said, these are video game numbers. Exactly, and I mean, I, I don't know what his draft stock's looking like as a quarterback in a, in a mid-major conference, but he's certainly a guy, you know, no matter where you're playing at the D1 level, he's still putting up numbers like that. He's certainly going to get some, I think, some draft look at least for him. I would hope. Yeah. I would hope he gets some buzz after a season like that, but obviously, like we said, smaller school, lesser conference all of those things play into consideration, but still even being a backup or third stringer in the league, if he could, who knows? So that wraps things up. Let's go to on this day, December 20th, 2021. Not a whole lot this week. And it's actually a lot of hockey ones. So my apologies if you're not into that on this day, 1921, this was incredibly intriguing. The AL voted to return to the best of seven world series. While the NL votes best of nine Judge Keensaw Mountain Landis cast a siding vote for best of seven. Could you imagine a best of nine World Series? That would be awful. Yeah. Um, back then, I mean, I think it seemed like a good idea. I mean, baseball was like one of the bigger growing in sports, you know. And now I can imagine there's a lot of people. I mean, look, remember we talked all TV ratings, the World Series. Um, quite frankly, we saw kind of best of seven almost seeming like too much in terms of audience. I even think in basketball, best of seven is too much. I think best of five is perfect. I love best of three, but that's why the Super Bowl is so special because it's just one game. and That's all you got is that one thing. So obviously you can't do that in baseball with pitchers. You can't do that in basketball because shooters, they're going to have the hot hand, blah, blah, blah. But whatever. That was 100 years ago when they turned down a best of nine. On this day, 1966, the NBA awards the Seattle Supersonics a franchise for the 67-68 season. Now we got some hockey on this day in 1981. Winnipeg left wing Doug Smale sets the NHL record by scoring just four seconds into the game. This is the fastest goal from an opening faceoff to the back of the net in history. It is later tied by Alex Malini and Brian Trottier 
but still four seconds into the game. Maybe we'll get to see that in some college hockey. I, one thing you always got to love about college hockey, it's a lot higher scoring. So like most of the time, you're not going to be seeing a one nothing game. We'll be seeing like a five, three, a six, two, something like that. So we'll get the goals, which is good to see on this day, 1983, the Islanders, New York Islanders score their most goals versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. 11 goals they put up in that game. That's wild. And let's go 20 years ago today on this day, 1991, the NHL grants permanent membership to the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champs, and the Ottawa Senators. So I don't know if they were on like a lease or something stupid where they only got like five years or 10 years or something, but they got permanent membership 20 years ago today. Good for them as we now move to the weekly sports talk segment. And we're not going to talk about it for too long. However, COVID-19 virus, this pandemic is far from over. We're seeing hockey teams postpone their seasons until after Christmas, which is really concerning me for the Minnesota Wild. If they're fine right now, they aren't really having issues, but they're playing the St. Louis Blues on January 1st, New Year's Day, in the Target Center, or at the Target Field, I should say, New Year's Classic, this biggest game of the year. Man, I hope that happens, because if not, that would be a huge blow. I've been wanting to go to that game forever, but tickets are just insane and to sit out in the cold, not worth it. But it's not only hockey where this virus is spreading. The NFL had to make changes in their recent protocols and stuff like that because over 100 players were going on the COVID list. The Browns are starting Nick Mullins, their third stringer. That game got pushed back to Monday. The Rams were out guys like OBJ. I mean, top players, Taylor Heineke, Washington lost their two quarterbacks. They had to go to a third stringer. It is not good. In the world of basketball, the Bucs, they're losing like everyone, it seems. Kyrie Irving just announced he's going to be back playing only road games. He's in health and safety protocols. I mean, Drew, this is this is bad time for sports right now. Yeah, if you really right now in the NBA or NFL, if you say a big name, I mean, there's chances they might be in the protocol. And right now we're seeing um, bad news. Also, I mean, just go, transitioning back kind of with the NBA, we saw the Bucks play the Cavs Saturday night, Sunday morning. Guess what? That the the team had the Cavaliers had five more players test for the virus. So, oh, good lord, shocker! And guess who the Bucks play? They played the Cavs last night. So mm-hmm. it's just gonna this is gonna spiral down. The Cavs actually had um their postponement. They they, they their game got postponed. That was supposed to be tonight. They were on a back to back. No, it was no. the Bulls that were like the first team to have games postponed, right? Yep, there that was like a week ago. Three postponements and now updates. Um, Woj just tweeted there's number four now, Denver, Brooklyn. So oh boy. Th- this this is just going down downhill right now. Um, there's gonna be more postponements, I think. Uh we might see. I don't know what we're gonna see right now. Um, they are struggling. I mean, especially the NFL, but NBA is worse right now, I'll be honest. Uh okay, we saw Kevin Durant enter the protocols. All the big names are in there. My fantasy basketball team right now is actually it's kind of funny because like every single star I drafted is in the like they're they're out right now. I mean I have De'Aaron Fox. He's out. I have Giannis. He's out. I have I, I just like three or four guys at least right now. All my my top players, they're out. Which That's my dynasty league for fantasy football. My bench is like IR, IR. My IR is full with four guys. I've got like three more guys on IR and like five or six are on the COVID list. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I'm in the is, consolation playoffs, but still, it's a this, problem. This is frustrating indeed. Um, But hopefully, I mean, th- there's going to be some some sort of protocol. I mean, they already, we saw update more protocol for the NBA with like, they want, they really want more testing. There's going to be uh, players are going to have to wear masks more or like, like wherever, like on the bench, we're going to start seeing yeah, like they last did the year. same thing for NFL too. Like in the, 
practice facilities and stuff. They're having to wear the masks again and all that jazz. So not good, not good. But yeah, we, we don't want to talk a lot about, um, I mean, we want to inform, of course, about what's going on with the COVID thing, but this is something, you know, we want, we want to stick to our sports. So we're hoping right. that this can be, this can be addressed by both leagues. And right now MLB's looking good. No COVID problems. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that as well. I saw that same tweet. I wonder why. Got zero COVID cases for Major League Baseball right now, which is good. I mean, granted, they're in a lockout, so yeah, exactly. It's going to be the blank, the blank picture, you know, that we all see is going to test the positive for COVID. Is how it's bad. I, there's no other way to put it other than this is terrible. Do you have any buff other Buck stuff you want to mention here before oh, we course. go to hockey talk? Yeah, well, just sticking with Bucks for a little bit. Um, right now, I mean, with the honest being out, as we know, but um. And he's playing like an MVP candidate right now. I know, I know the big names, Curry and Durant are kind of hovering over, but like guys like Jokic and Giannis, they need some love too, because I think there's certainly a chance those two are, I mean, they're for sure in the MVP talk. There's a chance they can win it too. But yeah, the Bucks played um, the Cavs and yeah, everyone's out. I mean, we saw the Wisconsin heard and play Milwaukee last night, basically is how I put it. We That's saw, bad. yeah, um, we saw Grayson Allen was out. Dante DiVincenzo is still out. Brooke Lopez out with his injury. Rodney Hood out. Bobby Portis, out. Wesley Matthews, out. Checking to you. Chris Milton, out. Drew Holiday, out. Giannis, This out. is like last week when you interrupted me when I was talking about Marquette's schedule. I should just tell you to stop right now. Drew, it's bad. Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday, um, he, I think he was actually not out because of health and safety protocols, but I think he was out with um, his, I think he was just like rest. But the guys he had like who a 40-point game one time, so good yeah. for him. The guys who played 40-plus minutes, though, Javante Smart. I mean, we saw him kind of come from the G League, I believe, is where he's from, the herd. Um, played 44 minutes, didn't play well, two for 14 shooting. But um, George Hill played 22 minutes. Uh, Semi Ojale, 18. DeMarcus Cousins played 27. Um, <sighs> Sandro Mamukalishvili played 42. And then Jordan Ora played 42 as well. He had 28 points. He played very well. But the Nassas played 25, just to kind of round, round that out. Um, yeah, they lost by 29 then was kind of the score. They, they were, it was close at half, but, and then from there, the Cavs, I mean, the Cavs just ran away with it. So yeah, not looking good for the bucks, but again, everyone's out. So, I mean, there's no worry. It's just a matter of getting these guys back. So that's the bucks situation right now. Let's move to the old college basketball. We'll save high school for last. Cause we love to talk about our EWC and boys ships and girls and everything there, but College, Drew, you were at the UCLA game, Marquette. Feels like forever ago at this point. 67-56 loss for Marquette. They go down there, and then they just lost to Xavier, 80-71. to So, I mean, they're losing close at least. And coming up tomorrow, actually, they've got UConn, so Connecticut, on the 21st at 8 o'clock. This is that tough stretch we talked about, and it's they're losing close, but it's I don't know how long this can last. They, they hung in there against Xavier. Um... Most of the game, I mean, first, like, they hug in there, and then they made some free throws down the stretch. It was, like, five or six, mostly. Uh, yeah, when I, I got home, I saw they were only down by five with a minute I'm, left. I'm not worried about Marquette. I think the way they're competing, a lot of – quite. let's be honest here. I mean, the games that Marquette has won, have won this year, like, they, they weren't even projected to win some of these games. They were projected to lose to Kansas State. They won that. Illinois, of course, they won that. West Virginia, they beat them. They weren't even supposed to win that. I believe they played – it was in the tournament. They played, like, Ole Miss. They beat them, too. Like, they played – They've they beat schools that they weren't supposed to beat, and they've lost to schools they were supposed to lose to. So I mean, with that, like they, they were not supposed to be where they're at. They're eight, sitting at eight and three right now, I believe eight and four. Um, let me check. 
They are sitting at eight and three right now, it says, which I don't know if that's accurate. I think it's more. I of, think that's what I just saw, but I don't know. Because they've lost to they've lost to St. Bonaventure. They've lost to Wisconsin. They've lost they've lost to UCLA. They lost to Xavier. So it's eight and four. So they haven't updated it yet. Okay. I don't know why. But yeah, weird. Yeah. But um, the, this team's sitting. I mean, the games are losing. They're still bracketology has them as one of the last four teams in. Like they're still projected to be in the in the tournament right now. Or like part of like last eight, I think. I think they're the like the second last four in, not the last. Sure. Four. So they're cross the fingers. They're looking like right now it's still a tournament team based on their their resume. So I'm not I'm not worried about this team. I just think, like you said, tough schedule coming up. They got to win these games. They got to beat Connecticut. They got to beat UConn. They got to beat St. John's, or at least they have to at least keep them close. But I'm looking forward to the schedule gets easier later in the year. Psych, not really to the Big East. So <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. You this isn't want, the Big Ten. You want to get to Georgetown. You want to get to DePaul. Like those are the schools that you, when you play, you got to be licking your chops. You cannot lose to DePaul. Don't lose to DePaul. That's always the thing at Marquette. But we're looking okay. Wisconsin, that we saw them kind of interesting too. You know, lost to Ohio State. They played that close that was a game. Bad against, loss to OSU. They played a close game against some non-con game that shouldn't have been that yeah, close. Yeah, Nichols State. I, I they were down at the half, and I was like, "What in the world is going on?" And then they end up winning by three. But yeah, they're unranked now. For yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, um, both teams. I still like Wisconsin. Mark, I think they will make the tournament. I think Wisconsin with them beating Marquette. I think, and plus, I think they're going to play better down the stretch. I think they'll be seated maybe one or two spots at least ahead of Marquette maybe like I'm thinking like they're seated like a seven maybe Marquette's like a 10 maybe you know and that'd be pretty cool but yeah there's gonna be some tournament games in Milwaukee too they're hosting a region yes they are I think and that's gonna be something you know if people want to try to capitalize on I was looking tickets 90 bucks right now so I was very sad because I'm I'm gonna be in Phoenix at that time like it's been years since they've had tournament games here in Milwaukee and the one time they do I'm away in Phoenix. I'll be pardoning up there, but that's we're looking at a Badgers team who's got one more game coming up this week on the 23rd. Morgan State they're playing, and then on the 29th they play Illinois State. Before you really get into the Purdue's and the Iowas and Marylands and Ohio State again, so pretty easy next two games for the Badgers to round out the year. Right now, Baylor is still the number one seed in college basketball. Duke and Purdue are at two and three. Purdue's coming off a nice win. Baylor nearly lost, but. They crawled their way back in it, almost losing to Oregon. Then you had UCLA 4, Gonzaga 5, Alabama, Kansas 6-7, Arizona, Villanueva, and USC in that order. Round out the 8, 9, and 10 spots. Big East, Seton Hall's ranked 16. UConn is ranked 20. So, I mean, they're the Marquette teams, Xavier, they're up 20. in there. Yeah, Xavier's like 22, 23. So like yes, 22 as well. Yep. yep. So, so. the Big East is a great conference. It always is for basketball. So, glad they're getting that Stacked. national recognition too. That they are. So, anything else there? Or are we nope. going to do a little hockey talk? I'll time you. I, I'm going to get the timer out. Two minutes. Good. Good. It's on the clock. All right. Well, we're going to go a little different. Whenever you tell me to go, I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Hockey talk. Let's do it. The Minnesota Wild, still the number one team in the Central Division. Nashville Predators, they're close behind. The Wild are 19, 8, and 2. They had a few games postponed, so they don't have as much as the Nashville Predators, who are 19, 10, and 1 at this point in the season, but Wild have lost three in a row and Nashville has won seven in a row. So that is a little bit concerning as we look at Drew, your Seattle Kraken. I didn't get an update on them last time. That's because they were just on TNT. They're struggling. They are 10, 17 and three 
overall. Golden Knights in that Pacific Division, second at 19 and 11. Haven't lost an overtime game yet this year, so that's good to see. But as for the Minnesota Wild, like I said, they're playing the Blues, who are third in their division at 17, 8, and 5. The Wild, still led by Kirill Kaprizov, no surprise at all. I was going to get a shirt of his when I was at Shields yesterday, a nice red Wild shirt, but I decided against it. He's got 2 to 1 ratio from assist to goals. Brian Hartman and Marcus Foligno lead the team in goals with 13. Eric Snack, the only other player in double digits with 11. You'll like this one. The plus minus on Ryan Hartman is 22. So Ryan Hartman is having a tremendous season this year in hockey. That's the highest of the team. There's not too many players in negative, which is really, really good. Kaprizov is a 13. So does Foligno. But one of the things I wanted to talk about today is a little AHL. We're going to move down to the Milwaukee Admirals. They were a star team two years ago. They were going to win the Calder Cup, I believe is what it's called. But at the end of the day, COVID hit and the season shut down. The Admirals didn't play last year. So they played like a joint squad with Chicago, I want to say, or maybe it was Rockford, one of the two. I don't even know. But, oh man, this year they're struggling. They are 10-13-2. They have not been doing well at all and it's a struggle to watch this team play so poorly when the chicago wolves are 24 and Ooh. one on the year one two minutes there you That's go i ended it right there i just yeah. wanted to mention the ads yeah we love we love our admirals they play at the uw milwaukee panther arena so yeah that's some good old mecca ton of fun yes the old mecca indeed so i think it's basically all we got here because we're going to talk about a little football now before we get to our high school basketball the college well, I'll give it the official name. Jordan and Drew, the Sports Cruel Bowl Mania Challenge. 25 people have entered, and we have nine bowl games completed so far. There is just one person sitting at the very bottom. That's good old Caden. He is 1-8 right now in the first nine bowl games. Not great start. Someone is 2-7. and seven. I'm in the category of 3-6. and six. Devin, we love our Devin Argyle. He's 4-5 and five right now, but... There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different people who are five and four. That's tied for first place. Drew, you are in that category. Let's go. You are in the five and four to start. It's still very early in the bowl game stretch, but let's go over some of these bowl games. Tanner Regan, sadly, his Toledo lost the Bahamas Bowl 31-24. I picked Toledo in that game. I had to support. Coastal Carolina beats Northern Illinois 47-41. A big-time shootout. These are high-scoring. Western Kentucky beat Appalachian State 59-38. to Just 18% of people picked Western Kentucky, but they got the job done in there. Only 9% of people picked Middle Tennessee, but they won as well. So it is tough so far to get the right predictions. Jackson State picked by 96% of the people, lost 31-10 to to South Carolina State. Frenzo State beat UTEP 31-24. UAB picked by just 5% of people. Shockingly defeats BYU 31-28. I caught the fourth quarter of that game. Eastern Michigan loses to Liberty 56-20. Then we got a few more here as Utah State beats Oregon State 24-13. Number 23 ranked Louisiana beats Marshall 36-21, and we've got a bowl game tonight as Tulsa, 6-6 six and six on the year, takes on Old Dominion. Both teams are 6-6, six and six, but 84% of the general population has picked Tulsa. 
I don't know if you have any comments on any of the bowl games or the standings or anything like that. Well, I'm happy I'm in first right now. Again, like you said, it's early. There's certainly some time for other people to take take a spot, but it's looking good right now for myself. Maybe I can win our prize. Maybe. That would be kind of awesome, right? Yeah. You win the prize that we donate. You finish second or something like that. That would be kind of funny. But yeah, it's there you go. There's a lot of time left, to say the least. And we're going to look now. We're going to move up to the NFL. I wanted to ask you. We're not going to preview Packers, Ravens. That's a blowout. We all know what's happening there. We're not going to preview any of these games that got postponed to tonight or Tuesday night. We're not going to do that. But we will have, not exactly sure when it's going up, but maybe Wednesday or Thursday, we will have our Fantasy League, the Pod League, Fantasy Football Playoff Preview. Maybe Drew will be on it. Maybe it'll be just me, but it'll just be a nice short 5, 10, 15-minute preview talking about our playoffs coming up just to get everyone hooked up and ready for the season. But here we go, guys. The NFL, I have to ask you, the MVP of the year. It's obviously a quarterback award. We know it. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, throw Patrick Mahomes back in there, Matthew Stafford, Jonathan Taylor, 500 more rushing yards than Joe Mixon behind him. JET has scored a touchdown in 11 straight games. He has 17 rushing touchdowns on the year. Do you think that there is a chance that JT wins the Heisman, or not the Heisman, the NFL MVP award this year? Yeah, I think think, think that's certainly in the possibilities of outcomes here. I think he is, I mean, like you mentioned the numbers he's putting up, he certainly has to be in the consideration. Um. I think you can still even throw, let's see how Kyler Murray performs. I know he missed some games. I think you would maybe throw him in there. Over that was the only thing why I didn't want to mention him because he missed a few games. They talk about how he's got the highest completion percentage in the league, but that's misleading because he missed three games, I think. So that takes a bit away. It's tough. Yeah. And then, of course, Rodgers missed a game for COVID. Um, I don't think, I mean, they say Vegas has Tom Brady as the front runner. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I hope, I hope it doesn't. not. I I would be shocked. I mean, he's playing great. Don't get me wrong. But again, I think there's a better candidate than a guy like Tom Brady. I, I think the odds of Aaron Rodgers, let's say repeating, I think they are very slim, but again, he's putting, he's putting out right. a great year. I don't think while hurt, but I don't think he wins the MVP either. I, I think if you throw three finalists in there, I think if I had to give three finalists, I think just because Kyler missed games, I think, Let's let's see how he performs the rest of the year. If maybe if he um if he still if he puts up the numbers he's putting up at the start of the year, I think he certainly could be in that. But if you have to give me a top three right now, I'll go Brady. I'll go Brady. I'll go Rogers. I'll go JT. And I uh, I don't see why JT can't win it. I think I'm I'm all for running back winning it. I know it's we've seen it being a quarterback award. I think that needs to not happen. But right. um, I think JT deserves it. So I'm gonna say tail. Jonathan Taylor can be in it the in the odds, and it's just it's crazy right now because Brady's up right now per um, bet MGM. He's a plus one sixty and ahead of, and then we have Rogers plus six hundred. So wow, um, that's interesting. And um, then we also well, it was yeah. looking like Derrick Henry could have won the MVP before he got hurt. Like he oh, was in yeah. that stretch, yeah. and now JT is completely taken over. He only has six games on the year with under a hundred rushing yards. Three of them were the first three games of the year where the Colts started 0-3. But other than that, I mean, this guy has 143 and 170 in his last two games. 
coming off that Buffalo game, 185 yards with four touchdowns. I mean, he's just a monster. Five total touchdowns because he had a receiving one as well. Yeah. So let's let's go with let's say JT can be a finalist with guys like Brady and Rogers. How about that? I mean, and then we'll just take it from there. We'll see at the, how the end of the year out fares. But I I'm all for a, a running back winning an MVP this year. I think I completely agree. Where it matters. I think I think it should. And obviously, we know it's not going to be Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is still fourth in the league in rushing, <laughs> and he's been out for all these weeks. I mean, just to show you how well he has been doing. So we're going to debut a new segment here on the podcast, the bet of the week. This is going to be fun. So bouncing off our journey to a million special on Friday that you guys have to listen to each and every Friday, Zach, Drew, and Jared, their journey to a million, starting with 10 bucks and doing all the parlays and fun things. So there's going to be two separate bets. We're not going to do two of them every week. However, this week we are doing two bets because I wanted to introduce both of them. So one will be in a high school. We'll talk about it there. But this other one is what I like to call a long bet, a long bet. It is something that happens for more than just a week, right? Urban Meyer just got fired. We're not going to sit here and talk about that. It's been talked about enough. But our first ever long bet, Drew, will the Jags win over or under 1.5 games the rest of the season? Keep in mind, interim head coach, right? And, and they have Houston and the Jets in their next two weeks. Then they've got the Patriots and Colts. But I've put it at 1.5. Do you think that they win over or under? I'll go I'll go bold. I'll, I'll take the over there. I'll say that um, I think, you know, interim head coach, I think, with, I think that's motivation. I really do. I think with Urban Meyer out, I think certainly that's going to be something players can play off of. And hopefully we can see them win. Win the over one and a half games. I think they're more locks of the week because we're not really betting on these, but I, I do agree. Right. I, I don't mind what to say. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I'll take 1.5 over lock. I was going to do it as well. So we'll know by now if they beat the Texans or not. We're recording before all the games are going on Sunday. So Texans and Jets the next two weeks, I think they have more than a capable shot of getting the job done. And I'm also going to take the over. So this isn't like the Brewers where we can't pick the same. If we want to do it, we can. So Jags winning over 1.5 games the rest of the year. If they do win two, that'll tie what they had with Urban Meyer as the head coach. And and they got the schedule right now to do it. So that's our first ever long bet. We'll get into our other normal bet here coming up. Are we going right to high school now to end the episode? Or you got any other football comments? Let's go to high school. Let's do it. So I do want to talk about the ships real quick before we get into the EWC. We'll talk about the ships and Luther and the Lincoln boys are now an even 500 on the year coming off an absolutely heartbreaking overtime loss to Bayport. That was on the 14th. So nearly a week ago today, they were up 19, six in that game. Then they to Bayport was coming back. You know, they took a lead in the first half, but it was still ships dominating doing their, I shouldn't say dominating, but they were doing their thing. They were looking good. A minute left to go. This game's tie at 68. I want to say, I think it's tied at 68. Minute left, ships have the ball. They hold it for 40 seconds, call timeout. 20 seconds left to go. They can't get the ball in on the inbound. They call timeout. So they had one timeout left. 20 seconds left, they get the ball in. With six seconds left to go, Gage Colonel charges inside and gets fouled. So there's six seconds left on the clock. And Gage Colonel misses both free throws. Bayport calls their timeout. They adjust and they miss a jumper that nearly went in. It was about a 10-foot jumper from the right side of the hoop, kind of in the corner. Nearly winning off the glass. We go to overtime. Ships end up losing by five. 
could have been eight, but Mattis made a three at the buzzer. That didn't really matter. So they lose by five to Bayport and then lose by 17 to De Pere. Ships had a very, very slow start. And this De Pere team, they averaged 5.8 turnovers a game coming in. I think they had 18 or 16 or something like that. They did not play their best ball whatsoever. Ships end up losing by 17 here in this one. And now they've got 11 days off because they have they host Sussex, Hamilton, and then head to Madison Memorial. So another set of interesting games, tough little stretch for this team. But yeah, it was just, I don't know if you need to comment on the ships at all, but a heartbreaking loss to Bayport. I, I, I got to watch the ships play in person, you know, before I can really assess that team. I, I'm, I'm more than willing to over this month break I got. So yes, when we talk EWC, true. I'll talk about some games I'll be at. So. And now with the ships girls real quick, they still, they haven't won since that Sheboygan South win 58-53 on the ninth, but tomorrow they've got a better chance than ever to get another win on the year as they head to Oshkosh North. I know it's a road game, but Oshkosh North is just one in seven on the year. Only one win and the ships beat Sheboygan South and beat Green Bay East pretty handily that Green Bay East game. That was wild, but I think the ships girls have a win on their pocket Then they're off until January 4th. So there's that for those. Let's go to the old Manitowoc Lutheran set here as we go to the big east north section, staying on girls. They're four and four. So the Lutheran girls are right at 500. Coach Mike Benke coming off a rough loss to St. Mary Catholic, 65 to 23. But St. Mary Catholic is eight and one on the year. So not a whole lot of shame in that loss. And they're in a stretch right now. Won the first two games, lost the next two. Win-loss, win-loss. So certainly they're going to win their next game, and then they're going to lose to Roncalli, but I don't think they'll lose to Roncalli. So I think they'll break that streak. They'll win the next two, maybe even win the next four. They got Elko Lake, Lambula, Roncalli, TR, and Hilbert. So you never know what could happen for the Lutheran girls in the standings right now. They're 1-3 and three in conference, so they're near the bottom. Elko Lake, Lambula has yet to win a game. Howard's Grove and Mishicot, as you would expect, 4-0 and oh in the top of the standings. Any comments at all on the girls Lutheran and the uh, standings? Nope, nope, nothing. No, I didn't think so either. Lutheran boys, Shofukasawa here, he's our guy, right? But this Lutheran, this Lutheran team's two and five. I mean, they have a rough start to the year. They lost quite a few guys. Ethan Menges, I don't think he's back yet. I don't know for sure. Let me see if he. Yeah, it says zero minutes in the most recent game online. So he's still not back. He will be a huge boost for him when he does get back. Back-to-back losses to Roncalli and Cedar Grove, Belgium. Started the season one and four. Then they beat Mishkot, and now they've lost their next two. Tonight, they host St. Mary's Catholic. So get your on over to Lancer Circle as we take a look at the Big East North standing. Spearheaded by Reedsville, 5-0, and unbeaten on the year. Mishkot and Hilbert both 0-5. This is a top-heavy conference right now. Reedsville 5-0, and St. Mary Catholic 4-1, Elk Lake Lambua and Howard's Grove 3-2, Lutheran 1-4, Hilbert and Mishicot 0-5. So that's the Big East North. Any Lutheran comments, or is it time for the EWC? Let's get to the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. Let's do it. We have a bet of the week coming up in here. What I like about the bets is I don't tell you them beforehand, so it's just a lot of fun because – in the EWC, right? We're looking at a conference schedule where we've got some games coming up on Tuesday. But let's talk about the week we just had. We have a few games tonight as well, I should say. But let's go back to Tuesday. There was a few games. On the 14th, we saw Sheboygan Falls lose to King of Prep Lutheran by 21. 
Chilton beat Hilbert 51-30. Then Roncalli beat Lutheran. As we said, they're an 82-55 win. Luke Pouts in that game with only 35. So only 35 and 11 for Luke Pouts. A little of a disappointing performance. Just kidding. Let's move to Thursday. On the 16th, four games. Brillian beats the Valders Vikings 64-58. And I know that one that was a little tough to swallow. It was a tough game. Yeah, we'll have Robert on this week, so we'll we'll break that game down more. But yeah, it was a close game. Ballers played really well, and like they they could have easily won that game. They're looking. It's tough right now because like Ballers seeing a two and two in conference, they could have easily beat Keel and Burley in both those games. They were in it the whole game, so I don't think their record right now defies them with two, being two two and two in conference. I think they're better than that Keel team. I still do. I will stand by that. I think they're. They still sit as a, a third team. I'll be at their game. They are gonna they play Ron Colley Tuesday. So we'll be talking about that game too on the podcast with Robert Schimmick. So I'll be able to kind of that game. I think if you're able to, I mean, hold Pouts, I mean, you can win that game considering yeah, Pouts averaging 34 and 18. Like he's got oh, right, real. right now his stats. I mean, he's got he he's averaging more. Um, I'm looking Pierce Arns, 18.4. Lorenz, 18.2. He's averaging 16 points a game more than Lorenz. And then also looking at it, he is averaging, um, or he's 13 rebounds a game. I don't know if I said that right. But, yeah, he's 34 and 13. He's he's averaging more rebounds than Lorenz as well. So, he's I mean, he's, he's playing like a conference player of the year right now. Player of the year, for sure. No doubt about it in my mind. Chilton beats New Holstein 86-68. So they're flipping the numbers there. And then Ron Colley, 85-47 win over Sheboygan Falls. And Luke Poets had 32-11 in that game. It seems like 11 is the magic number for rebounds. So that was that. Then this past Saturday, just a few days ago, we saw TR and Destiny, it says. But I don't have a score for that game. So I don't know what happened on the 18th. It doesn't show a score at all. Never even heard of Destiny High School, but tonight, let's talk about the standings real quick before we get to what's coming up here in the week. Two games happening tonight on Monday, the 20th, but Brilliant, Keel, and Ron Colley, all 4-0 right now. Brilliant, 8-0. Ron Colley, 6-0. Keel, 6-1. This is a great EWC standings right now. Can't wait until those teams play each other. Balders is 2-2, two two, like you said before. They're right in the middle of it all. Chilton and New Holstein both 1-3, and three, and then Falls and TR at 0-4. Oh last week, I should have done our long bet of if TR wins a game all year, but nope. that was last week. Nope. That was in the books. We both said no. We don't believe so. So we can just keep that on the unofficial record. But let's talk about the standings right now. Brilliant Keel Roncalli unbeaten at the top right now. Who do you think pulls it out at the end of the year? Brilliant Keel Roncalli. Okay. Um you know, this is tough right now because I have not seen Valors play Ron Colley. This will answer a lot of, like, answer really. I want to see Next how Valors. Next week we can discuss a little more, you think? Yeah, but right now if you give me a team who's going to go all the way, I still think I'm, I'm going to go brilliant. But I think if Ron Colley, I, I want to see I want to see Luke Pouts play in person. I want to see how, you know, how how he's looking right now. But. I think, and obviously the stats don't lie, and I've seen obviously some like footage and stuff, right. like just yeah, and I've seen play in years past in person. I just want to see how it looks this year, though, know, with him kind of being that that main source of offense compared to like when he had guys like like Tyler Bonin or you know um, some other guys. So uh, I'm gonna take I'm yeah, I'll go brilliant. I think certainly 
I think Brilliant and Roncalli are still the top two. I know Keel's 4-0 as well, but I, I think those two teams are still better than Keel. I think a step above Keel. And I oh, think- I, I agree with you, but I love this Keel team. Puse Aaron's 18.4 a game. Grant Mons 12.1 a game. Mitchell Andrews 11.3. Three guys in double digits. and then Underrated. Two I agree. I think this Keel team is dominant. And Grant Mons, 17.6 boards a game. He had that one game that was the outlier which kind of sets it apart. But I just, I love this Keel team. I do agree with the fact that they're underrated. I think we got to give them more time to see how they develop and play Tuesday. in these games. Yes. Tuesday they play, they have a good test against Keel, against Berlin. So yep. that will be, I want to see how that game, uh, Tuesday's going to answer a lot of questions is how I want to put it. So we'll, we can revisit that, uh that conference kind of prediction, but I think, yeah, right now I'll go Berlin. Yes. And Tuesday's a huge game, like you said, but also tonight, New Holstein is at Sheboygan South, and then Chilton at Ripon, a little non-conference action. And here we go. Bet of the week. This is our normal bet. And you're going to – all right, let's just get right into it. Valders is at Ron Colley, right, at the hangar. Ron Colley hosting Valders, our bet of the week. Does Ron Colley win by over or under 17.5? You think they're going to beat Valders by that much? That's our over-under for this game. Under? Okay, I knew you'd take the under. I think Valor's yeah. a chance to win this game. I mean, I'll, I'll be I honest. I know you do. I know you do. Okay, yeah, I, no, I'll take that. I'm going over because I just wanted to – I just You're I don't think over? it'll be a – I don't think it'll be a big-time blow, but I still think they have a chance to win by 20. I, well, I, mean, Cole I know Hovey, you love your Vikings. Cole, Cole Hovey's averaging 17 and 14, I think. I mean, and then you got a guy like Jackson Olsen, and then they've are shot you, lights out. Are you underestimating the Ron Colley defense right now? Um. I don't think I am because I, I know Ron Colley's defense is great, but again, you watch them play New Holstein, if I'm not mistaken. I think New Well, Holstein, yeah, that was one game. Yeah. New Holstein is significantly worse than these top four teams in the conference in Valors, Ron Colley, Keel, and Brilliant. So I'm gonna say, you know, I, I think I think they're gonna hang with them. I don't know how how well they're gonna hang with them, but I you know, if they lose the game, I think it can balloon out to something I can it can balloon out to like eleven point loss with some free free throws at the end. You know what I'm saying? Uh sure. But I, I think they are certainly – I think we're going to get a good first half at least. You know, I think it'll oh, be – Oh, yeah, I agree. I think it'll be close right away in the – or it could even be one of those things where Roncalli jumps out with a big start or Valders, right? And then yeah. it evens out in the first half, and then the second half, we really see who wants it more. And that's, what we, do, that's what we saw against Brilliant. Brilliant Valders. I mean, Valders bounced out to a nice lead. Brilliant came back a little bit. Valders kept the lead. And then it was back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, Brilliant took, a, took control with two, three minutes left in the game. So maybe something like that we see. Very well could. I was going to set it at 12.5 at first, and I said, no, I'm going to move it up a bit more. So that was my own line, made it myself, and I'm going to I'm gonna stand by it. I think Ron Colley does get the job done by around 20, which is kind of bold, but I'm sticking with it. Oh. They are hot right now, and they are, I don't know. Hot I take, game. too. It is. It is. I'll, be, I'll die by it, though. I don't really care. <laughs> Brilliant at Keel. That's the other game we mentioned. TR at New Holstein. That'll be a fun one. Get TR a win, maybe? I don't no, know. No. And then we'll see by 20. By 20, oh, okay. <laughs> and then Chilton is at Falls to round off the action. And oh. then they're off until the 27th, so they don't have any more games, obviously with Christmas being there. But, yeah, that's what we got. And the girls' standings, we'll check it out real quick. Brilliant Keel, New Holstein, all 4-1. and one. So that's what we got in the world of EWC girls basketball. Four games tonight. Denmark at Brilliant. Shycon at Ron Colling. New Holstein at Fox Valley Lutheran. And Port Washington at Sheboygan Falls, 7.30 start for that Falls game. My goodness. But 
that's what we got. You got any other final comments? Yeah, something quickly here. Um, well, I'll be at Alumni Pep Band is Thursday night at Valor's, so that's a girls' game. So I'll be I'll, I'll be at a girls' game this year. I'll, I'll do my part. I'll watch Valor's girls' game. See how they do. We'll be able to report back kind of how they how they look as a team. But yeah, they're sent three and two, middle of the conference. Look at looking all right. I mean, we had them, I believe, at fifth at the start of the year. I think fourth is going to be like their ceiling right now because they're not as good as that new Holstein Keel or Brilliant, but certainly they have a chance, you know, to I, I think they can like they only lost to Brilliant by seven. So like we have to like, I mean, they they certainly could like leap up into that two or three spot, I think, but like I'm thinking more of a four kind of spot. Olivia Hurl is averaging 25 and 11. Still, I still think regardless, I think right now, right now she's conference player of the year, unless that we see that number still go down more, even though Chilton is three and two in conference five and four overall. I think regardless of that, I think you still have to acknowledge the stats she's putting up. And obviously like people like Megan Schumann, Grace Shizzle, I think they're also candidates with averaging around 20 a game as well, being four teams that are kind of competing more in the conference race, but We'll have to wait and see. Trivia Wheel has once again landed on Drew's this choice. Is this, is, this is unheard of. It like never landed on it. And now this entire this entire season four, it's going to keep landing on it. So your categories, you're nine of 15, not a bad start. Four or five on the MLB stadiums, three or five on the college. Then the Thanksgiving one we had in there as well. We've got football games prior to 2000 football video games. Then we got defunct sports leagues and the good old fashioned grab bag where it's just random stuff this time. Grab bag. All right, let's do it. So this is, I mean, if this thing lands on Drew's choice again, this is going to be wild. But our next question, a little outdated at the time, but should be still be pretty obvious. Who is the new head coach of LSU football? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I've not do you remember heard. what team he came from at least? Is it the guy who came from? Is it Lincoln Riley? Nope. That was that was different. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Brian Kelly came from Notre Dame. Big hoopla because oh, no. he was leaving them in the middle of the season. But no, that was it, it, it was it was more timely when I wrote it, so it didn't really hold up. Next question. This is right up your alley. Name one of the two hitting coaches the Brewers hired. Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson. I'll there both. you go. I knew you could probably get them both. That probably should have been first. Next question. This is the see how well your memory is who won the stanley cup last year tampa bay lightning there you go that was fantastic back i actually back. yes back to back i think i mentioned that earlier in the episode actually but hey the see i put the seattle kraken in the options if you needed them because that would have just been my throwaway one in there next question cam newton notably played for what college oh um i gotta go through my names now uh uh, I, I know what it is because they um, – I saw – ooh, do I know? Um, he won the Heisman there. It's like 2011, 2010. Um, how do I – I've got I'll, options if you need them, but I'll you can get options. a guess first. I'll take options. Just throw it a wild guess first. I was going to say like – I was going to say like LSU, but it's not. It's not. It is an SEC team. Okay, so that narrows it down a bit. Is it Auburn? Is it Georgia? Or is it Alabama? Is it Auburn? It is Auburn. Yeah, I, I knew it was for, down there. I, yep. He played for Florida for a year, I'm pretty sure I saw, before he moved to Auburn, and that was really where he was. So final question, we rounded off with Bucks. You're three of four right now. Name, this is 
going to be to test your NBA knowledge. Name three teams DeMarcus Cousins played for before getting signed with the Bucks. Okay, I can do it. Um, we start with the Kings. Yep, that was the Kings, first one. Warriors. That was the third one. And then he had that stint with the Clippers. That was weird. Or Lakers, my bad. Nope, it was the Clippers. You were right. You oh, said it first. Clippers. You got lucky. It was the Clippers. So that rounds it off. You did good. It was the Kings, Pelicans, Warriors, Rockets, and Clippers. So a four of five on the old grab bag. Only the Brian Kelly one threw you off. So that is not bad at all. Let's bump you up to 13 out of 20 on trivia. Take it. And not bad. Let's do it. So that's that rounds it off, right? We are cruising through season four of trivia. We've got 30 more questions remaining. We've got football video games prior to 2000 and defunct sports leagues. That'll, and then I got to make up four other sets of trivia. Obviously, we'll do like an EWC in December or something like that. We'll figure it all out and we will hammer it out. But 13 out of 20 right now to start. And that's all we got for episode 41. If you got nothing else, you can shout yourself out and we'll get out of here. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W, S-K-Y-B-E-R-G, all platforms. Don't you forget that we now have the Twitter, JD Sports Pod. That is on there as well. Jordan Drew Sport underscore sports crew on the Instagram. And that's what we got, guys. Thank you all. I hope you all have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And don't forget, big week for us. Four episode week. Journey to a million episode two on Christmas Eve. Robert Schimmick will be on to discuss some EWC boys. And then the Fantasy Pod League preview in the world of fantasy football. That'll be a previewing the playoffs coming up in the Pod League. Thank you all for listening to episode 41 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. The perfect podcast for you.